I'm John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And if you're new to our ministry and have never heard one of our programs, I want to explain briefly why we call our program Peace by Believing. And that's simply this. According to the Bible, the only way that we can have peace in our hearts is by believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, the Bible says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And so as we trust in Jesus Christ, first for our salvation, but then for everything we face in life, we just trust Him. Even when we don't understand what's going on and even when circumstances are very difficult and very hard, but we make a decision to trust God and to walk by faith. The Bible teaches that when we do that, God's peace will begin to fill our hearts and to change our lives. And so that's why we've called our program Peace by Believing. And I'm just grateful that you have tuned in today. Now, on today's program, we're going to be thinking together about Uh, the life that we have in Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it means that the person of Jesus Christ comes to live in our hearts. He does that through the Holy Spirit. And He forgives our sins and He helps us to live life the way that He intended life to be lived originally. And so a Christian is not somebody who's better than a non-Christian. A Christian is just somebody who's different than a non-Christian. We have a new life uh, living in us, and it is the life of Jesus Christ. Now, the Greek word, I know most of us are not concerned with Greek words, but in this case, it is important. The Greek word for this spiritual life is the word zoe, Z-O-E. And in the message that we're going to be listening to today, or the program that we're doing today is based on a message that I preached sometime back here in our church, and it talks about this Zoe life, uh, this spiritual life, life as God intends for it to be lived, life as God has it. Zoe life is the life that God is living, and it's the way God lives His life. It's the way He wants us to live our lives. And so, at the beginning of this message, we're going to be thinking about some different types of life. And then I'll focus in on this Zoe life. So I hope the program will be a blessing to you today. If you've never received Jesus Christ, I hope that God will use this sermon today to bring you to faith and trust in in Jesus. If you're already saved, but you're not living the abundant life, you're not as happy and peaceful and joyful and overcoming and overflowing uh, as uh, with, with God's love and peace and joy and happiness as you have been in the past, I pray that God will use this program today to reignite that fire in your heart for Jesus, to put you on the right path so that you can live out the life that God has freely given you in Jesus Christ. What I want to do tonight is to give you three Greek words. We're going to have a compressed Greek lesson right here tonight. I only know three words, and so I want to show them off tonight and tell you every one of them. All three of these words are translated in the New Testament with the word life, L-I-F-E. And when we're reading our English Bibles, and that's what I read, don't come up to me after the service with the Greek New Testament and ask me if I can read it, because no, I cannot. I preach out of an English Bible. But when 
when we read our English Bibles, we read the word life, and we don't always know, or we don't know, what is the Greek word for that, or what does that word mean? And so let me give you three Greek words. They all mean life. Might want well just jot these down. The first one is the word bios, B-I-O-S, bios. We get our word biology from that word, and it literally means physical life. And there are verses in the Bible that use this word about how we have physical life. And so that's, a, that's an important word, bios, life. The second word is the word suke, P-S-U-C-H-E, P-S-U-C-H-E, suke, from which we get our word psychology. It literally means emotional life. It has with the idea of your mind, your will, and your emotions. The word personality is attached to the meaning of this word suke. And sometimes in the Bible you're reading and it, it uses that word suke. It translates it life, but it's not talking about your physical life. It's talking about your mind or your personality or that part about you that is unique to you. Whatever you would study in a psychology class, that's what that word refers to. And then the third word that is the most important of all the Greek words for life is the word zoe. And you spell it Z. O-E, zoe, and that word simply means spiritual life. Most of the time when you find the word zoe in the Greek New Testament, it is referring to the kind of life that God has, a God kind of life. It is zoe, and that's what I want us to think about tonight. It's spiritual life. Bios is physical life. Suke is emotional life. And zoe is our spiritual life. Now, if you'll open your Bibles tonight to the Gospel of John, I want to make four statements tonight about this zoe life, about spiritual life. What can we learn about this life that God has well, first of all, and we see this in John chapter 10, so if you'll turn there first, John chapter 10, we see that Zoe is characterized by abundance. When you read that word in the New Testament, more often than not, it has with it the idea of abundance, and it certainly does in John chapter 10 and in the second half of verse number 10. Notice what Jesus said. He said, I have come that you might have, what's the next word? Say it louder. Life. That's the word zoe. It's not bios or suke. Here he said, I've come that you might have zoe, the spiritual life. Jesus was saying, I have come to this earth that you might have life in the same way that I have life that you might look at life like I look at life, that you might experience life like I experience life, that you could respond to life like I respond to life. I've come that you might have life, that you might have zoe, and then he said, and that you might have it more abundantly. And so the, the idea of zoe is an overflowing life. A per think about uh, a person, think about someone you know who is not only saved, but filled with the Spirit, walking with Christ, living the victorious Christian life, what are, what are some of the qualities that that person has? Well, I mean, whatever words you would use, you would have to say that theirs is an overflowing life. It is an abundant life. You say, abundant with what? Overflowing with what? Overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul describes this type of life when he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just take those first three descriptions. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
and peace. And so when a person is experiencing Zoe life to the fullest, that person is experiencing love. They're just, they're just overflowing with love for people. There's no bitterness, there's no hatred, there's no anger. They're just overflowing with love. And they're overflowing with joy. You know people like that. They're just happy. They're just joyful people. And they're overflowing with peace. There's a certain uh, calmness, a certain serenity about people who are experiencing Zoe life. And so what I'm saying to you tonight is simply this. When a person is experiencing Zoe spiritual life, theirs is not a life of lack. Theirs is not a life of downness. Theirs is a life of overflowing, uh, not only overflowing, but a life of overcoming. It's an abundant life, the life that God has for us. Now, second thing about this Zoe life, not only is it characterized by abundance, it is personified in the person of Jesus Christ. And not only is it personified in Jesus, it is wrapped up in Jesus. When we think about a person whose life was a life that overflowed with love and joy and peace, and that, that that's life was an overcoming life, think about Jesus. And that would be him. Now, turn to John chapter 11, and in verse number 25, we'll see that Jesus used this word zoe yet again, this time to describe his own life. John chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And there it is again. It's the word zoe. He's saying, I'm the resurrection. I have conquered death. He hadn't even died yet. And yet in his mind, he, he was the resurrection already. And he said, I'm the zoe. I'm the life. I'm the overcoming one. I'm the overflowing one. I'm the one who is living life as though, uh, as, as, as it was intended to be lived. And so Jesus is the personification. He's the quintessential example. He is the best example of Zoe in, that you could ever imagine. And if you're going to experience that type of life, and if I'm going to experience that type of life, we've got to learn to trust Him, to lean on Him, to depend on Him. What did Jesus say in John 15? I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you will abide in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit. What was He saying? He was saying, if you'll be close to me, if you will trust in me, my life will flow into your life. And so life as I know it, life as I experience it, will flow into you so that your life will become an overflowing life. Your life will become an overcoming life and your life will be like my life. And Jesus was saying, if you will trust me and depend on me and live closely enough to me, my life will flow in you and flow through you so that you and I can enjoy the same type of life. Zoe, life, this spiritual life is characterized by abundance. It is personified in the person of Jesus Christ. And not only that, this Zoe is entered into by faith. Now, go back to John chapter 3. This is the most familiar verse in all the Bible. Because tonight, as I'm describing this Zoe, certainly all of us are thinking, I'm even thinking it as I'm saying it to you. God, how can I experience this life? I know I have Zoe. I know I'm saved. But God, my life is not always a life that overflows. Sometimes my life dries up. My life is not always a life that overcomes. Sometimes I hit an obstacle and it, I don't overcome it immediately. Sometimes it takes time. So, God, how can I, how can my life, how can I enjoy this Zoe 
that I already have. Well, it is entered into by faith. John chapter 3 and verse number 16. You know the verse, many of you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting, what's the next word? Life. And there it is again. It's the word zoe. That the way to have this life, the way to receive this life is by trusting in Jesus. Whosoever believes, whosoever trusts in Christ will have this Zoe life. So think about it this way. You were born with bios. You were born with physical life, obviously. You were born with suke. You had a personality when you were very young. You had a mind. You had a will. You had emotions. You had all of that. But you weren't born with Zoe. Neither was I. We have to receive it. And we receive it by faith. And when we trust Jesus, when we place our faith in Him, it's not only that our sins are forgiven. That is the greatest part of being saved. But it is also that in that moment, the life of Christ comes into us. That the life of Christ is infused to us so that His life is our life. Our life is His life. And we begin that life by faith. Now, you may be thinking, well, John, I know I've been saved. I know that I have believed and trusted in Jesus, and so I know that I have Zoe, and yet you're probably just like me. You're probably thinking, but my life's not always an overflowing life. My life is not always an overcoming life. My life's not always like that. What, what, is, what is the problem, or what is the solution to the problem, or what do I need to do so that I can experience more of what I already have? Well, let me give you a Scripture verse to write down. In Colossians chapter 2, And in verse number 6, Paul is talking to us in this verse about how to live the Christian life. And he makes an interesting statement. He said, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. And so how did we receive Christ? How did these people who were saved this morning or saved last week or saved recently, how did they get saved? How did you get saved? You got saved by repenting of your sins and placing your faith and trust in Jesus. Now, what was Paul saying? As you have received Christ, so walk in Him. In other words, you got saved by by repenting of sins and and trusting Christ. And so how do you live the Christian life? By repenting of sins and trusting Christ. And so the whole of the Christian life, repentance and faith, repentance and faith, repentance of sin, more faith in Christ. At first, we trusted Him for our salvation, Now we are to trust Him for everything that we face, everything that we're up against, and everything that we need in life. And so to experience, we receive this life by faith, but it's nurtured by faith. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 6? He said, I'm the bread of what? Life. John 6, 35. That word life. Zoe. He's saying, you have to feast on me. You can't have this life apart from me. You never could have received this life apart from me, and you will not be able to experience this life on a daily basis apart from a close, intimate relationship with me that is conditioned upon your repentance and your faith as you go through this thing called life. And so, Zoe is, we, we enter this, we receive this life by faith faith. Now, that leads me to what I really want to talk about tonight. You still listen? Say amen. In John chapter 10, that's the verse we started in. In the second part of that verse, Jesus said, I have come that you might have Zoe, that you might have this overflowing life, that you might have this overcoming life. 
And then he said that you might have it more abundantly above and beyond. You study that word abundantly, and it just means beyond measure, more. I mean, as though the word zoe were not descriptive enough, Jesus said, I've come not only that you would have zoe, but that you would have it more abundantly. See, there are a lot of Christians, and sometimes we're probably all in this group. I mean, if we're saved, we already have zoe, but we don't always have it more abundantly. We have it. You can't lose it, but we don't always have it as abundantly as we should and as abundantly as we do at other times. And sometimes we wonder, what is wrong with me? Why am I not overflowing with joy and peace? Why am I dried up? Why am I flat? Why do I have the blahs? Why am I down? Why am I unmotivated? Why am I whatever it might be? What is the, I have Zoe, but I certainly don't have it beyond measure. I don't have it abundantly. What is the problem? And that's the fourth statement I want to make tonight about Zoe. Zoe is always under attack by the devil. Satan is after that Zoe life that is in you. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, yes, it ends with that great quote, Jesus, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. But notice what Jesus said before he said that. He said, the thief has come, and then these three negative verbs, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then it was in contrast to that, Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life, you might have it more abundantly. What was he saying? He was saying, listen, those, he, he's talking to to Christian, he's talking to people who had received him, his followers, and he was saying, you need to understand that the, there's, there's an enemy out there. There's an opponent out there. There's an adversary. This is what makes the Christian life so hard. Wouldn't it be great if there were no such thing as the devil? I mean, wouldn't it be good if we could just mash some button and send him to hell tonight? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yes, it would, but we don't get to mash that button, and it's not going to happen tonight. One day, he'll end up in hell and our troubles will be behind us. But he's not in hell tonight, and his demons, some of them are in a place kind of like hell already, but many of them are on the loose, and they're going about doing what? Doing the devil's work. What is the devil's work? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Said another way, the devil never wanted you to get saved. When you got saved, the devil lost the battle for your soul. But he didn't just give up on you and say, well, I'm going to go out and try to keep other people from getting saved. He does that too. But the devil said, okay, they've already been saved. They're not going to end up in hell. They're going to end up in heaven. They have Zoe. But what I'm going to do now is everything within my power to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, the devil, what did Jesus say about that? He's a thief. And the thief has come to steal and to kill. He's a murderer and to destroy. What does the devil do? He, he can't take eternal life from you. He can't take Zoe out of you. But I'll tell you what the devil can do. And I imagine every one of us here tonight, if we were honest, would say he can, he, does, he has, and sometimes he does in all of our lives. He prevents us from enjoying the Zoe that God means for us to have. He's a thief. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say that there have been times in your life, and I'm not saying it has to be now, but just any time, when you were overflowing with peace, happiness, joy, love, motivation, creativity, enthusiasm, excitement, 
energy. You were just what we call on fire for God. And then something happened. Maybe you don't even know what happened. Maybe it didn't even happen immediately. Maybe it happened over a process of time. But before you knew it, all that joy was gone and the peace wasn't as strong and the enthusiasm. And instead of having all that, you, you had the opposite of all those things. You kind of had the down in the dumps and in the blues. And instead of being confident and trusting in God, you're, you're a little bit fearful. Or How many of you would say that you have been through seasons? I don't just mean that it happened one time. But seasons in your life where you would have to say, my peace, my joy, my happiness, my enthusiasm was not as great at this season as it has been at other seasons. How many of you would say that? All right. Folks, that's virtually everybody in this room tonight. And we wonder, what happened? And we look at our lives and we say, Have I, is there some sin that I've committed? You know, I think many times we should always start there because sin leads, sin messes everything up. But sometimes a person can get in a situation like that, and it's not that they've been perfect, but really they haven't really committed anything. In other words, they didn't do anything necessarily to bring that on. I think most of us who are sincere and conscientious and want to take responsibility, we always start and we say, what is it that I've done wrong? And many times, many times we have done something wrong and we need to deal with that sin. But friend, I want to say to you tonight, sometimes you can lose your joy and peace. You can lose your enthusiasm and your vigor for life. You can lose your motivation and your creativity and you hadn't done a thing in the world wrong. I'll tell you what happened to you. You got robbed. There have been two times in my life that I've been robbed. Once, I was parked outside of a clothing store on the Gulf Freeway. And second, I was parked outside of 24-hour fitness to exercise. And when I got back in my vehicle from where I had, well, from working out and from where I had been on the other thing, I noticed that I got in my vehicle and I had been robbed. And if you've ever been robbed, you know that's a bad feeling. Now, let me ask you something. What did I do wrong? Now, I know some of you that don't like to work out say you went to the gym. That's what you did wrong. <laughs> if you'd have just not worried about it, you wouldn't have gotten robbed. Well, I mean, okay. But seriously, what did I do wrong? I drove to the gym. I parked my car. I locked it. I walked in. I worked out for an hour, and I came back. What did I do wrong? I'll tell you what I did wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I got robbed because there was a bad guy in the parking lot. And sometimes in our Christian lives, same thing happens. We're going along. We're happy. Our life is overflowing. We are overcoming. We have joy and peace. And either instantly or over a process of time, all that's gone. And we think, what have I done wrong? Friend, you may not have done anything wrong. You may have just gotten robbed. Why did you, why'd you get robbed? Because the thief goes about to steal and to kill and to destroy. He can't, he can't remove that Zoe life from you, but he can make it where you don't enjoy being saved like you once enjoyed being saved. He can make it where you're not as excited about Jesus as you have been at other times. And he can make it where you are down in the blues, down in the dumps and you have the blues, and at other times you thought, I used to be so happy. I used to be so free. I used to not have any of this. And now, is something wrong with me? I'll tell you what's wrong. Yes, something's wrong. You got robbed. But it doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong with you. It's just a fact. You got robbed. Well, maybe you've been robbed. Maybe the devil has come and taken away your joy and taken away your peace. And the fact is, you've just been robbed. Maybe you didn't do a thing in the world wrong. 
and yet you don't have that same enthusiasm and zest and excitement about life that you've had in the past. Now, on our next program, I'm going to be giving some specific steps that we can take to to regain that lost ground and to regain uh, the victory that God wants us to have. But in the meantime, I want to just encourage you to turn to the Lord. There's a verse in the Psalm, Psalm 121, verse 1, where the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. And so if you've been robbed, turn to Jesus Christ today in prayer and ask him to begin the process of restoring your joy and restoring your peace. And if you'll be with us next time, I'll give you some even more practical things that you can do that'll help on that. Thanks for listening today. I would encourage you to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. We have some helpful resources that I think will be a blessing to you. We'll look forward to being with you next time.